Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 229, September 17th, 2019. 96 degrees on this day in 1895, and as chilly as 34 on two occasions, 1875 and 1943. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your I, mayor, Joe Souchere. I don't know what's going on in my alma mater, but uh, St. Thomas had another bomb scare today. Yeah. Now it's the all clear has been uh, issued. They're getting about one a week, aren't they? I had a daughter that was uh, her, uh, she was in that building, so she was told not to come Did to school. Did she have a big test today? There was a lab, <laughs> and you're never supposed to miss a lab, but it was not It was not my daughter, I can tell you that. I'm glad that it proved to be uh, nothing. Uh, many, many emailers, a half dozen or more, uh, wanted to uh, educate us on Ford versus Ferrari. We were wondering yesterday on the cuff why, uh, why Ford and Ferrari had developed such a... Uh, uh, a competitive uh, dynamic, and it turns out uh, that in January 1963, Henry Ford and Lee Iacocca came up with the idea of buying Ferrari, and uh, I'm not, it's a long story, but they got right down to the, the table, the closing table, and when Enzo Ferrari learned that he wasn't slotted in as the head of the race division of the, of the companies to be combined, he called off the whole deal, and that's when Henry said, build me a car and beat this guy. There you have it. Ah, pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about this? Hail the Flashlight King. Hail you! Sitting in Rome on vacation, drinking wine, and listening to Friday's podcast from September 13. Pushing back from across the Atlantic until next Monday when we return. So nice to hear Joy's, Joe's voice and sort of Kenny's too. Ciao. <laughs> Jeff and Paulette from Chanhassen. Nice. They took the podcast to Rome. Nice. nice. Beautiful. Yeah. Drop it off at the Vatican. Today you're going to hear... Uh, it's seven minutes long, and you won't regret one minute of it. You're going to hear an audio from the governor of Kentucky, a guy named Matt Bevan, about whom I know very little. I did my basic research on him. He's a Republican. He made his money in the investment business. Uh, he and his brothers operated in Kentucky, the last manufacturing facility in the country that made bells. <laughs> really? Yeah. He has 10 kids, many of whom are adopted, uh, and some of those are adopted from Ethiopia. He is 52 years old. 
And the uh, audio has been referred to me by an emailer because I was, I'm unaware of Matt Bevan. Uh, I'm unaware of uh, him gaining any notoriety uh, for the audio you're going to hear. But it absolutely parrots uh, everything we've said on Garage Logic. I don't want to hear it yet. I oh, want to, I want okay. to continue to set it up. It, it was a forum in March of 2018 when he was asked by a woman. It looks like a classroom or some some small gathering that a governor of Kentucky might have been expected to attend. Uh, I looked up the circumstances of it, and the best I could come up with was the date. And he is asked about uh, his uh, positions on gun control, and he. Uh, He's dealing with a woman who uh, wants him to uh, uh, explain himself because apparently he's not a gun control advocate per se. And he uh, was, well, what the hell? Let's play it now and, uh, because it plays into so much what we've been talking about. Yesterday we talked about the uh, the crime in downtown Minneapolis and how no rule is going to fix that. No regulation is going to fix that. No legislation is going to fix that. And uh, so I was, it was very uh, interesting to hear the governor of Kentucky, Matt Bevan, uh, say what you're about to hear. I'll tell you exactly how I reconcile that. Stop. First of all. Stop. Don't you want the lady's question? Oh, I thought you wanted to go right to him. No, I think you had to set it up with the lady's question. Okay. All right. I will start from the beginning. Yeah. Hi. Uh, my name is Evan Davies, and I'm just an independent consultant. I'm not affiliated with any organization. Um, I really admire the work that you're doing to help foster children and you've said a number of times that you know the children's lives is most important we had a, a murder a little while ago where 17 people including many kids were murdered in their schools and how do you reconcile the children's lives are most important with the comments you've made to the media about it's naive and premature to talk about gun control and that it's culture and not guns that is causing these these horrible th things I'll tell you exactly how I reconcile that. First of all, a month ago in Kentucky, we had a very similar situation. Made a very concerted effort to make sure that we removed the media circus from the healing process. So within 24 to 48 hours, you're probably not even aware, most people aren't, that I had a 15-year-old come into a school in Kentucky last month and shoot 16 children at point-blank range, two of whom died. A set of twins were both shot and taken to a level one trauma center. They lived. This is very real to me. I've sat with these families. You also probably are not aware of the fact that I buried my oldest child. Died under different circumstances, but went to school and didn't come home. She was 17 years old. I know exactly, not exactly, it's not possible to know exactly what another person's going through, but I know exactly what it feels like to bury your oldest child. I know what the impact is on a family. I don't come at this with a sense of sympathy, but empathy. The point that I've made that's been largely misconstrued, I'll reaffirm with you and tell you exactly why it comes from, where it comes from. This idea, just as solving this issue, is able to be solved with a single law or rule or change, is naive and delusional. And so we shouldn't allow ourselves to entertain naive and delusional thoughts. It is part of a broader construct just as this issue is. And the point that I made that I'll reiterate is that if we think that a part of what we are seeing is not a cultural problem, we're kidding ourselves. And the point that I've made is this. What has shifted in the last 
10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. It's not the percentage of guns that we find in homes. And you can give me a statistic that there's now more guns. Fair enough, I'll submit that that may be true. I'm not going to argue with you. But the reality is there's fewer homes that have guns in them than there were 50 years ago when children didn't walk into schools and shoot themselves and shoot each other. That's a fact. You can confirm that. But I'll tell you this. When I was a kid, kids brought guns to school. Kids brought guns on the school bus. Kids brought guns to school in their own uh, vehicles. Kids didn't shoot each other with them. So some things have not changed. What has changed? We as a culture, as a society, and it's very germane to this topic as well, we don't value human life like we did. We remove increasingly respect for the dignity of other people. You look at how rampant pornography is, the degradation and disrespect for women and for human life in general. It is so systemic. People of our age have not been exposed like our children have been. There's not a child in America that hasn't been exposed to pornography, I guarantee you, if they're above the age of 12. That's a fact. It is so systemic, it's horrific. And it desensitizes us at every turn. And so we're desensitized to the value and dignity of human life. We're desensitized through, and this is to the heart of what I said that you seem to take exception with, is that through violent video games, where literally you are encouraged, and you can roll your eyes all you want, man, but I will say this. You explain to me the value of a game that encourages somebody to go back and finish them off, where you get points for, for kill counts and you slaughter people. We're desensitizing people to the value of life. And we see it through the lyrics and music, and we see it through television shows, and we see it through movies. We see it in the fact that the mores of this nation have changed. We see it through the fact that we increasingly want to remove any sense of, of, of moral authority from everything. Here's, I'll tell you again, this, we could have a thousand sidebars, and you could agree or disagree as it relates to what I'm about to say. But in a nation where over the last 40 years, we've aborted 50-something million children, and we have multiple states with medically-assisted suicide being provided by doctors, at both ends of the life spectrum, we're losing the value for life that we once historically had. You can say that's good, you can say it's bad, but it's a reality. You couple that with the fact that all these other things are changing, that we're removing any sense of authority. It used to be that you had different levels of authority starting in the home itself. Only a third of children in a recent Pew study say that they have no interaction for all intents and purposes with their own parents. When their parents live in the home, they say their parents have no clue what they're even learning in school. There was a study recently and an article that was derived from that and other studies that was in the Atlantic. I encourage you to look it up about the impact. And again, you can smirk and you can smile, but as somebody who's an independent consultant, I find it remarkable that you're so smug and you're so disregarding of my opinion when in fact I'm just trying to have an honest dialogue with you based on a fair question. But, but I will say this. Look at this article in the Atlantic. This article in The Atlantic talks about how young people are increasingly becoming suicidal and depressed because of the use of social media and the use of these personal devices and on-screen uh, time. All these are part of a cultural issue. And this cultural issue, if we're not addressing it, we are kidding ourselves because it also affects this issue we came here to talk about today. 
which is why these homes are broken, why so many children are finding themselves in government care, which is not the best solution. The government should not be raising our children, period. It just shouldn't. The fact of the matter is we need people in the position like I am. And I had the same conversation less than an hour ago with the President of the United States. And I said to him, he should, I should, this whole room was full of cabinet secretaries and, and governors of other states. Those of us that are in a position of influence and the ability to say something, shame on us if we don't step up and call people to a higher authority. And there will always be those, including many in the media, whoever the messenger is, they're going to find the imperfection in that messenger. So if the messenger says we should do X, Y, Z as it relates to this issue or, or adoption of foster care, people will say, well, who is this person? They're an imperfect person. Well, so is every one of us. There's not a perfect person in America, but that doesn't mean we don't strive for perfection. There's not a perfectly morally upright person in America. That doesn't mean we don't espouse and aspire to reach for moral higher authority and expect more and demand more of our children. Shame on us if we don't sound the alarm. You want to take any kind of morality and change the mores of a nation, remove any sense of higher responsibility, try to pin it on any one thing and assume the government and a piece of regulation and a rule is the solution, and then we're shocked when these things happen. We're kidding ourselves. Yes, sir. Well, the, the questioner wanted, wow. a, wanted a boilerplate answer. She yeah. wanted to hear from the governor of Kentucky, yes, we need gun control or we should confiscate. And he instead gave her the truth. That's the truth. How did you find this? Yeah, an emailer sent it to me. Wow. A very calm and respectful manner. Yes. And it sounds like he's still got multiple eye rolls. I have, a, I have a question, a serious question. This, this took place on March 30th, 2018. Yeah. How have none of us seen this? Well, because it's not liberal enough. doesn't pass. This should be heard by every single parent in this country. All citizens. Yeah, good point. But he's, uh, you know, Republican. He's so. a white Republican male from Kentucky. Yeah. Actually, he's not. He was born in Denver, raised out east, and then moved to Louisville where they had the Bell Company, where they made bells. <laughs> After he made his fortune in the investment business. I don't know a great deal about him, but I know what I heard there. GLers, I will share this with the GarageLogic Facebook page. And what I heard there is the absolute truth. Wow. Mm -hmm. uh, look, at the, uh, look at the kids on the disturbing video in downtown Minneapolis. They have no respect for life. None. They have no moral clarity. Uh, kids who walk into schools and shoot other kids, it's not the gun. It's a, it's a lack of moral integrity, a lack of moral cl clarity, a, a lack of respect for human life, a lack of respect for authority. Do you agree with him that he, uh, social media fuels that? I believe it does to a certain extent. And video games? I do. There's numerous studies out there that are linking severe depression with social media. On all ages, by the way, not just kids. <laughs> I could see that. I view that vicariously through one of my uh, siblings' kids, and he's always grousing about their use of social media and how he finds it <clears throat> detracting from their lives. And 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 I'm I consider myself very lucky that uh, all the kids I used to have came up through the ranks prior to this BS. Mm -hmm. But they're dealing with it now. They're dealing with with their own kids, mm -hmm. all of whom have phones, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. and an e-bike. And an e-bike that was stolen from him. <laughs> but isn't that uh, another, uh, it's all around us. This, 
this lack of respect for life is all around us. Mm-hmm. By the way, the Minneapolis story is now certainly being touted by all of the local news gathering institutions. They're, they're all uh, reporting today that uh, Minneapolis uh, made 20 arrests, 18 charges. Uh, that was in, uh, every, on every TV site and every, in the newspapers today. Uh, if I ran the uh, newspapers, uh, I would put a beat person just on these downtown crimes and report them on the front page every day. Because, again, parroting what uh, the governor of Kentucky said, you people in the salon, you think you're going to solve this by coming up with some more rules, more regulations, and pandering for more money to bring about some dreamed-up BS program. (laughs) That's not your problem. Your problem is that too many people in this country, too many young people, too many young males in this country have absolutely abandoned any sense of moral clarity. And I don't know how we bring that back. It isn't going to be through another program. It's not going to be through legislation or a rule or regulation. I don't know what's going to bring it back. So did all of the local outlets cave to public pressure because this story finally went national? Because, again... I didn't see this story they, on the they, news. We found them all yesterday, Chris. But, but they were all six days old. My, my point being, it wasn't covered to the degree it is now. Well, it, it might have been on the Care 11 news. I don't it, watch Care 11. It was on 9, it was on 11, it was on 5, it was okay. in the Star Tribune. Okay. So, okay. To get to your question, Such, how do you show these kids, these young kids who, I, I, I'm guessing their outlook on their life and their future is bleak and dark how do you show them light at the end of the tunnel how do you guide these kids i mean is it one kid is it mentoring is it one kid per adult is it what i, I, I mean, can i can i can is a middle-aged white guy in south minneapolis going to make a, a difference to a, a black kid with no dad in uh, over on the north side what difference can i make can you make can any of us make one difference that could be brought about is the election of more credible people uh, you, we are governed by people who do not condemn this behavior. We are governed by people who are, are making it too easy for people to not have moral clarity. Let me give you an example. An emailer named Skilly from West St. Paul oh, yeah. sure. had a great point, a great point. Uh, a huge part uh, regarding uh, the shooting the other day in St. Paul of the fellow who rear-ended a police car yes. and then got out and they tussled and the, and the policeman had to shoot mm-hmm. the guy. A huge part of community anxiety is not having independent verification of what happened, Mitra Jalili Nelson said. I hope we get clear answers, but we don't know what any body camera actually shows or what it captured. And uh, uh, this skilly fellow said... Uh, uh, Nelson and Carter, how about showing some positive leadership and leading with a statement such as, we have confidence in our officers that they are trained to do the right thing and to protect and serve. We have eyewitnesses who state they saw a man ram his car into a squad car, then got out and attacked a uniformed police officer. We need the community to stay calm while our experts analyze the available evidence. Am I asking for too much? What happened to the day when we were all on the same side on discerning uh, right versus wrong and seeking the truth and making for a safe place to live and raise children. But see the message, the message you're getting from the political class? Yeah, today. Anti-police. Oh, yeah. Anti-police. Today he's demanding the release of it. Yeah. Anti-police. Mayor. Yeah, totally. When, when the answer uh, by an elected official, uh, 
given different ideologies in elected officials, would have been more along the lines of what this Skilly fellow wrote here. We yeah. trust our police to do the right thing. We wish everyone would remain calm. We have experts who can be involved in this, and you will know all the facts in due time. And But no, we right away, you get the police held in suspicion. Right. That's one answer to the question of how do we return. We need, to, we need people to run. Who, who have the goodness of the country at heart, who have the goodness of the cities at heart, who, have, who want to be useful. We need people who want to be useful rather than important. We don't need to keep electing people who want to tell us how to live. You're doing a hell of a poor job of it. If that's what your goal is, to tell people how to live and behave, you're blowing it. Well, you're missing it. We bring him up a lot, but I'll bring him up again, the Reverend Tim Christ- uh, Christopher. Mm-hmm. Who has all those things and is working for all those things, and he is treated by the hierarchy of the city like he's a clown. Mm-hmm. I mean, they give the man no respect. Well, he, Kenny, he owns a gun, for God's sakes. <laughs> you know, yesterday after the show, uh, I was watching the news, and the story of the, the guy that rear-ended the squad car came on, and I had, a, I, had a, I had a thought. We had the story in Richfield last week. Of the of the kid that set the camera on his dash, then left the car right. and was shot by police, and we all had the thought, "Well, this is suicide by cop." But I have a deeper thought. I think this is a seek of fame, maybe with a lot of these people where they think, "Well, I'll be the next, you know, pick pick a name, Jamar Clark," where people are going to protest on the freeway. I want to be that next cause in some deep seated part of their brain that that's what they're thinking. I think- Did you know what the governor of Kentucky said? Did any of us, were any of us aware of the shooting in Kentucky of 16 people? I don't remember that at all. He said he kept the media circus out of there. He deprived that person of fame. We don't know anything about it. I do believe that that's absolutely true in these school shootings. I I think a lot of it is that. Emailer Chad Benson is the fellow who sent me the uh, Matt Bevan audio. Chad Benson. But that's just a personal opinion on my part. It's not based in fact. There's some pushing back. I think you know another another uh, answer, uh, Kenny, is uh, the pushback answer. Don't take the BS anymore. Don't accept a rule, legislation, or a new regulation to stop the behavior of these feral youth. That isn't the answer. Crack down on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's well, what's going to sorry to interrupt, but what's going to change that are these middle middle of the road voters that are now going to be affected by what's happening in downtown Minneapolis, these bars and restaurant owners, uh, places, uh, other places of business. Those are the people that, are, that you need to push back. But even so, Joe, and I absolutely agree with you, but I'll be your detractor, um, you need to do more than just show these kids that you're going to spend you know, anywhere from 20 to the rest of your life in jail because that has proven not to slow this down at mm-hmm. all. You need to, in my opinion, somehow offer them more. What do you mean? How do you show these kids that earning a, a living and working hard and being broke for half your life is worth it? I mean, none of us are rich, but we're still going to work. Two letters to the editor in the Star Tribune today. Really good ones, too. Lead, lead letter. Congratulations, Minneapolis. After prolonged and constant attacks on law enforcement agencies by community leaders, focusing on the rare instances of police misconduct and ignoring or excusing criminal acts, we now have the despicable acts of thugs on full display across the nation. Recent videos that are going viral show a man being attacked by 12 people as he lay on the sidewalk in downtown Minneapolis and are testament to the lack of concern by City Hall regarding the increasing number of violent crimes like this, which are 
are downplayed and underreported by the media. The political leaders who refuse to fund more police presence, who side with the professional agitators and demoralize the police by their lack of support, are wondering why this might be happening. What did you expect? Garth Thorison and Egan. He's pushing back. He's, he's, he might as well be speaking directly to uh, Nelson in St. Paul, the councilwoman, mm-hmm. you know, whose first response was, I don't trust the police to tell us the truth. That's no. her response. Well, that's who's leading you. Second letter. Wow. In St. Uh, Paul agonizes over shootings response, the city is described as a community divided over how to respond to this latest wave of gun violence. Mayor Melvin Carter said putting an end to these cycles of violence is our highest priority. The usual politics suggests various quick fixes as valid responses to community violence that distracts from addressing the human root causes. It is an oversimplification simplification to accept race as the primary link to perpetrators and victims of violence. A more forthright resolution might indicate that the behaviors of law-breaking young men, irrespective of race, are linked to family culture, the values and tradition of one's family, however now defined. Political platitudes aside, former president of St. Paul's NAACP chapter, Nathaniel Kalik, counsels that this is a community problem and we need a community solution. And St. Paul community activist John Thompson says police are not the answer the fix all it's going to take us to fix the problems when i say us i mean black people until leaders within the city's problematic pockets personify responsibility and accountability and morality there is little basis for expecting uh, socioeconomic improvements within their communities this is gene delon new brighton so people are pushing back and the star tribune's printing them people are wising up but those but, are two people that don't vote in the city of Minneapolis. No, I understand. I understand. I understand. And Let's it takes uh, more than just the, the community, like, say, the north side community. It takes all of Minneapolis to get behind ideas like this, from the affluent southwest side over to the northeast corner. I what, mean, are they, what are they supposed to do? Well, that's my question to you. What can we do? One guy came up with a vigilante answer. That's that's not the answer, but it's tempting. But I mean, do I just, because I live over on the south side, do I just sit here and put my feet up on the desk and say, hey, you guys over on the north side need to take care of this yourself. I can't do that. There's got to be more. One guy, you get, a, you get a guy like Reavers and about 10 guys the size of Reavers. <laughs> and Reavers is the stooge. He's going to pretend to be drunk. He's going to stumble. He's going to be the. He's going to be, pretend. He's going to be the carrot yeah, right. at the end of the stick, <laughs> and he's going to uh, uh, attract oh. attract feral people. And now your ten buddies come in, and you, you take care of it. No, I can't advocate that. No, that's, I can't advocate that. that would, but isn't that tempting? Sure would make me feel no, better. It, yeah. it, it's a movie script, but it's not good for reality. <laughs> However, one of the one of the ways to get back on track is to call it as we see it. We have to stop pussyfooting around everything, saying, oh, we can't say that because that's going to offend someone. Those thugs that were in Minneapolis, wherever they, uh, I don't know where they grew up, I don't know what their background is, but that needs to be investigated. And it just to, so we can say this is what the problem is. Watching that video, I'm prepared to say that those 12 kids are a lost cause. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, I don't see how, I, I don't know what kind of revelation might occur to them to change their behavior. Then let's put them behind bars for that 20 years, and let's see if we can what are rehabilitate they gonna, them. What are they going to be like when they get out in 15 years for good behavior? They're, they're not going to be any better. I would agree. Jail's going to make them worse. I would agree, but for 20 years, uh, those, state, those streets are going to be 
somewhat safer if they're going to that extent. I also got a number of emails on my belief yesterday that what the salon will come up with is to give everybody a cell phone. I'm not advocating that, by the way. That was just a prediction. And uh, uh, Jamie Malberg in Detroit Lakes writes, you mentioned giving out free cell phones as a possible solution to the gang violence related to selling the phones. These these programs already exist. The government runs a program called Lifeline Assistance, which gives (laughs) low-income Americans access to free cell phones and inexpensive cell phone plans. To qualify for the program, you'll need to meet certain income criteria or be enrolled in a program like food stamps or Medicaid. I believe some people call them Obama phones. I recall that now. Yeah, you can get a phone. So maybe the salon won't come up with that. But we also found out yesterday after the program, they're being shipped out to New York for 150 mm-hmm. apiece. Yeah. Uh, GL will return in just a moment. Ricey here with the Canopy Group Facts. Number one, the Canopy Group writes more new business in one month than a captive insurance agent writes in three years. How is that possible? Let's share other facts to answer that question. Number two, the Canopy Group offers 16 different insurance companies, not just one. Number three, the Canopy Group offers combined single limit coverage, not split limit coverage. Number four, the Canopy Group offers only one one deductible at claim time, not two or three or four or more. Number five, at renewal, the Canopy Group shops your insurance with their 15 other companies every year. Captives can't do this because they have only one company. So if you have your insurance with one of the captive agents, remember they don't have any other options for you. Call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. You know, if you want to look for it, and I don't necessarily relish that, uh, examples of uh, moral and ethical decay uh, are not limited to uh, kids on the street. Uh, This New York Times Kavanaugh story has gotten worse (laughs) as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it's absolutely chilling to me. The re- the reporters who wrote the story had in the story, the uh, reporters Robin Pogrebin and Kate Kelly told MSNBC host Lawrence O'Donnell their editors were responsible for the significant factual omission. In your draft of the article, this is the uh, allegations of uh, Kavanaugh misbehaving at Yale. And your draft of the article, did it include those words that have since been added to the article, O'Donnell asked? It did, the reporters responded. Polgerbrin then explained the editors cut the alleged victim's name from the story per the newspaper's internal guidelines, but that does not explain why the key detail that the alleged victim does not remember the incident was also taken out of the story by the editors. This is not journalism as I've ever understood it. Somewhat Padre Whalen taught you? That's not what we were taught. This is uh, chilling. This is a a virtual admission that the editorial board of the New York Times has as its mission the destruction of Kavanaugh. So they want to make news as opposed to reporting. Mm -hmm. It's uh, they're releasing uh, releasing propaganda. It's, yeah, it's... On CNN Tuesday, Progrebin, one of the reporters, claimed the new victim does not remember the incident. Because she was drunk. However, Pogrebin was purely speculating because the alleged victim didn't even speak with her. Wow. Is that important? 
Yeah. The New York Times was reeling Monday after its opinion section fumbled a high-profile story about an allegation of sexual misconduct against Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh drawing widespread criticism and condemnation of the newspaper. It was the latest in a series of high-profile blunders that has caused embarrassment to James Bennett since he was appointed in 2016 as the editor overseeing the Times opinion section. Bennett's tenure has been marked with several mishaps that have generated controversy, drawn criticism, and spurred at least one lawsuit. A spokesman for the Times declined to make Bennett available for an interview. Mm -hmm. Wow. But defended the opinion section by pointing to its talented writers and the good work they have produced. B as in B, S as in S. Why why would anyone, knowing this now, why would anyone believe what they read in the New York Times opinion pieces? They have made it John, am I incorrect? No, I don't think so. They've made it clearly evident. That among uh, a, a, a strong part of their agenda is to get rid of Kavanaugh. Well, the people who agree with them are going to keep buying that paper yep, and, you're, and you're cheering right. him on. And probably still believe that story. What's really going on here? It's a great editorial today in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, this is tantamount to an assault on the Supreme Court itself. This assault on the judiciary is being carried out with conviction and malice as the character assassination against Kavanaugh shows. One motivation is that everything on the left's new agenda, from the Green New Deal to a wealth tax, depends on favorable court rulings. The left is used to running the nation's law schools and controlling the courts. But the Senate has confirmed more than 150 judicial nominees since President Trump took office, and progressives would now rather attempt a hostile takeover of Article Three courts than wait to win the old-fashioned way at the ballot box. Oh the partisan... Uh, Relitigation of Justice Kavanaugh's confirmation is an embarrassment to the country, but it is useful in putting the 2020 election stakes in sharp relief. The future of the Supreme Court is on the ballot in Senate races as much as in the presidential race. The left would destroy this court Just because they don't agree with any conservative rulings, which are germane to the Constitution of the United States. And everything they want to accomplish will end up in a court. You can't bring about a Green New Deal without an endless variety of uh, trials and lawsuits and hearings. This episode is part of the campaign that Democrats are running against the high court now that it may have, we don't really know yet, a center-right majority. This includes regular campaigns lecturing Chief Justice John Roberts about legitimacy whenever a case with political implications is heard. (laughs) That's the Supreme Court of the United States is under attack by these people. We need to change our phrase then on this show. Mm-hmm. It, from that's why to this is why he will get reelected. Yeah. Actually, that's true because I, I'm sure you do too, have friends who, let's say, dislike Trump immensely, mm-hmm. but they vote for They will vote for him again because of Supreme to Court. To stand uh, against can't, this. You yeah. can't believe how often I hear that. Yeah. yeah I have, I'm, if I'm I sure grouse about Trump, I hear... But look what he's doing to the judges. Yep. Look what he's yep. doing to the judges. You're getting the right judges in place to maintain the country's constitution. Exactly. I've, I hear the same thing. All the time I hear that. Are they in place to maintain the constitution, or are they in place to enforce the rights, laws, and ideologies? No, the Supreme Court is the last word on the law, the rule of law. Right, but obviously... And the constitution's their playbook. Another example. 
But we've, we've, meaning the Wall Street Journal, we've reported on Rhode Island Senator Sheldon Whitehouse's attempt to tar amicus briefs from sources he doesn't like. Mr. Whitehouse and other Democrats recently filed an amicus brief threatening the court with legislative changes if the justices don't follow their orders in a gun control case. <laughs> well, the Supreme Court will decide that whatever gun control that case is on the merits of the law, not on what Sheldon Whitehouse wants them to do. And that's angering the Sheldon Whitehouses of the world who want to take over the court. And they can't stand the fact that Trump's doing this to the court. They can't stand the fact that the court is gaining some conservative thinking. But also, even, even the uh, lefties that are on the Supreme Court still follow the law of the land. Mm-hmm. They, they don't make it their own opinion and just touchy feel good their own interpretation yeah that's what i was going to say so you don't feel that it's their own interpretation of the constitution and we have both left and right it's it's human nature to uh, engage your own so why should we rejoice about the court being so far right wouldn't we want a a middle of the road both sides (laughs) i think the court court? i think you see many six five decisions that the court is about as middle of the road as any any political no they're not a political body any uh, of the of the of the branches of government they're the most middle of the road yeah yeah you're right but the editors of the New York Times mm. changing the copy to remove the information that the supposed victim of Kavanaugh's misbehavior, A, didn't talk to anybody, B, doesn't remember it, and C, has no interest in talking to anybody. Forgive me if you mentioned, but are those editors still employed? Sure. And they won't be their, I, their I, I, positions I don't know. of... Okay. I don't know. If maybe a slap on the hand. But you have, if, if you're the New York Times, that's the only way you can save face with this, correct? I think they're, I think they're, I think they're circling their wagons and are going to continue to be an opposing force to this current administration. Wow. What I can't believe is they didn't make Bennett available to at least talk to someone. The Times is owned by stockholders. I was wondering how the people of the, uh, who own the New York Times feel about this, and so I just... Googled who owns the New York Times. Are they a healthy newspaper? I think it's long. No, no, I get no the, paper in the country's healthy. I get the answer, Salzburger. Yeah, the, the Salzburger pa- family. Pa- paper is owned by the New York Times Company, which is publicly traded and controlled by the Salzburger family through a dual-class share structure. It was once the most respected newspaper in the yeah. in the world, probably. How could you? How could I? Don't care what your political ideology is. Now that you know that the editors did that, right? How, why should you believe their opinion pieces? So my question is, why doesn't A.G. Salzberger fire everybody from the top on down and start over? He might be left-leaning as because well. Because they're just doing their job completely wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible. It's just such a violation of everything you're ever taught. It's I, mean, just, I mean, they're just a puppet for the Democratic Party. Oh, bar, my bar. God. It's just and amazing. Just churning out BS propaganda. And if, it were, if they could do this on a major story, think of what they could get with on less major stories. They could shape them to be whatever they want to be. Yeah, this there's is, no checks and balances. This is becoming very Orwellian here and how you would view the future. If you were a, a, a determined New York Times reader, you don't have any clue what you're reading is the truth. They're turning into a, a buzzword that I've recently learned in the past few months. They're turning into what people are calling a deep 
fake. Yeah. They're just, it's all lies. And, you know, you get as tired as you can from Trump bellowing out fake news, fake news, fake news. Well, this was <laughs> fake news. Yeah. This was fake news. Well, and they love to mock him for that. I uh, was taught by people who are revolving in their graves, hearing that a New York Times opinion editor took out pertinent information that would have placed Kavanaugh in a better light. That's just astonishing to me. <laughs> Truth <laughs> is what they took out. It's just astonishing to me. Where are we to turn? To GL. Yeah. Exactly. To GL. And in the wondering. John Height newsroom. Because uh-huh. you know, everything you hear on Height's newscast has been vetted. Yeah. John's not, not fake news. Not a chance. I put it together in about 30 minutes. No, you don't. in the morning. Let's come back with Johnny's news. We have a bulletin. Oh, breaking news! Lucy or Lucy? Where did Lucy. I come up with Lucy? Again? Mary Lou, Jesse, and Mary Lou, oh, no. who we proclaimed the winners yeah. of Married Forever. <laughs> right, <laughs> dear Mary. While driving back to Texas in the F one fifty and listening to the Married Forever game for the third time, oh my C- God, <laughs> CP and I came to the same conclusion as Paul and Betty that in fact the game ended with a tie score. A fair man would conclude that the title must be shared by both couples. Thank you for including us in the fun, Jesse and Mary Lou. Yeah, okay, you both won. I, uh, everybody happy now? Everybody gets a trophy. Was that your fault? Yeah. I also, after we got the first email, went back and listened. I went, oh, boy. I, I missed coming. All right. You're both winners, Paul and Betty and nobody, Mary Lou. And, and really, we'll see you next year. Nobody sure. really listens or watches or enjoys that show to find out who the winner and loser is. No, we, we watch him. We just love to watch suits completely fall apart. <laughs> right. And what was that's the prize? Draw. That's GL podcast the only sticker. reason we do it. Okay. Yeah, here's your sticker. It's, Get uh, out of here. He's blurting out names, looking at his left hand <laughs> and his right just, hand. No, in fact, when the last couple was leaving, Joe goes, you can be done now. <laughs> and no matter how much propping up he gets from his staff, he still crashes and burns. Oh. <laughs> it's so one awesome. Count. just the fun. Honest. John Height in his newsroom where when we ain't the New York Times. Yeah. And before the ferry's going, we're not gonna do it, we're not gonna do yeah, it, we're yeah. not gonna yeah, do we're it. We're all saying okay, whatever yes, you boss. say, boss. <laughs> You're not gonna make me dress up like a girl. And then. <laughs> you can't make me do it. Uh in news, eighteen people now aging uh, ranging, excuse me, from ages fifteen to twenty seven have been charged with various counts of robbery in connection with those two separate incidents in downtown Minneapolis last month that we've talked about the last couple of days. County Attorney's Office announced that Adrian Cooper, 25, of Brooklyn Center, was charged in both of the crimes. All adults and juveniles charged with a sole count or combination of attempted first-degree robbery, first-degree robbery aiding and abetting first-degree robbery, and third-degree riot. All but the riot charges are felonies. According to criminal complaints and juvenile petitions, the first incident happened at daylight, morning of August 3rd. Police received surveillance video of an attempted robbery outside of Target Field. The video showed about a dozen people trying to take a man's cell phone, viciously beating and kicking him as they also ripped off his shoes and pants and went through his pockets. By the end of the video, the victim was lying on the ground where he was jumped on, hit with planting pots and run over by a bicycle. 
The victim and suspects were gone before police got there. Over the next three weeks, police worked to identify the assailants, and by the last week of August, they had questioned and, in many cases, gotten partial confessions from the suspects. Earlier this month, police were also able to identify the victim of the assault and robbery and speak with him. The second incident occurred early morning, August 17th, near 5th and Hennepin. According to that complaint, the victim told police he was with friends in a downtown bar, but after he left, he was standing on the corner using his phone when a group surrounded him and tried to take his wallet. The assailants kicked and punched him until he was unconscious, and he later was diagnosed with a concussion. Bystanders in that instance came to his help. The suspects were able to steal his sex, uh, sex phone, his iPhone. Sex well, phone? Where did that come from? You know, rather a Freudian slip. Right. It really was. Right. I'm not so, sure what happened. I guess we know what you've been doing. Steal his iPhone, his wallet, keys, and 100 bucks in cash. He was later notified by his bank that one of the suspects used his debit card to withdraw $220 from an ATM. Again, surveillance footage helped to identify 10 suspects. In total, four of the suspects in the two robberies were 15 years old. Their names and charges are not made public. In each of the robberies, a suspect was arrested, but not charged. How did they get his PIN number? Or was it the easiest PIN number I was of all wondering time? about that myself when I One, first two, read the story. One, two, three, four. Right. Yeah. University of St. Thomas now has been Why given... weren't they charged? <coughs> Uh, they must not have had enough. Uh, proof What's the moral of this story? People. What's the moral of this story? No solo. S- stay out of downtown. Right. If you do, don't be down there solo. That'll don't, wake up the salon. Don't be drunk off your ass right. all alone. Yep. Be be aware. Let's go. Be aware there. of your surroundings. No, the moral of the story for me is: you're 25 years old. Get a bleeping job, you yep. loser. Yep. Uh, University of St. <sighs> Thomas has been given the all clear after a bomb threat was reported Tuesday morning. University sent out an alert at about 8.05, stating it had received a bomb threat. St. Thomas officials said no specific location was given, and officials were investigating. About 30 minutes later, the U sent out another alert that said public safety and St. Paul police were patrolling the St. Paul campus, and the facilities and design center was evacuated. The John Roach Center, Anderson Student Center, and O'Shaughnessy Science Center were evacuated. The university said classes in the affected buildings were canceled until 1 p.m., Canceled classes would be made up at a later date. University said at about 9.30, the facility's design center, John Roach. I just read that paragraph. Never mind. This Boy, is this, has been, this, this has been vetted very well, yeah, obviously. This is the second time, at least this year. Yeah, that they've had. A, are they uh, called in? How, how are these threats uh, received? Uh, it does not say. It does not note that. It's the second bomb threat, but they've also had problems with uh, finding racial slurs written in other places. Dorm rooms. Yes. Yes. Uh, counselors will be available, by the way. For we didn't have this trouble when I was there. It was a little no, small boy Racial school. slurs at St. Thomas? Mm-hmm. So yeah. you're thinking it's outsiders then? Uh, uh, in, I can't imagine in somebody... In on a window, the N-word was written out. Uh, what, last week, I think it yeah, was? Yeah, last week. Uh, police say they're still investigating the threat. Mm-hmm. President Trump, looking to put New Mexico in play in 2020, sought to win over Hispanic voters at a rally there Monday. His speech included a section in which he wondered how CNN contributor Steve Cortez could be Hispanic, even though the president told him he appeared to be of Northern European descent. Trump said of Cortez, who was in the audience, he happens to be Hispanic, but I never quite figured it out because he looks more like a wasp than I do. From the stage, he asked Cortez, who do you love more, this country or Hispanics? Cortez appeared to mouth country. To which Trump replied, I don't know, I may have to go for the Hispanics. To be honest with you, we got a lot of Hispanics. 
Trump lost New Mexico by eight points last wow. election. What an ill-advised... Uh, <laughs> Don't help yourself. He got us a lot of Hispanics. <laughs> what the hell? Just stop talking. Trump Sit the next few plays out there, Prez. <laughs> Trump lost New Mexico by eight points last election. And uh, in the midterms, Republicans suffered significant defeats in last year's midterms. We need four more. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> How much fun is this? Hell. I don't know if I can so, take it at my house. So fun and games. And <laughs> When's she coming on, by the way? She's not. Well, you ain't going to stay with me, so you better get your, get yourself an apartment there, Uncle Joe. Yeah. I'm living on the farm. I think my dad's got an extra bed. Oh, there you go. Renowned ABC News journalist and political commentator Cokie Roberts has died at the age of 75. Roberts won countless awards, including three Emmys throughout her decades-long career. She has been inducted into the Broadcasting and Cable Hall of Fame and was cited by the American Women in Radio and Television as one of the 50 greatest women in the history of broadcasting, named a living legend by the Library of Congress in 2008. Roberts was born Mary Martha Corinne Morrison Claiborne Boggs. Oh, my goodness. That she got the name Cokie from her older brother, who couldn't pronounce Corrine, and dubbed her Cokie. Her dad was Hale Boggs, the Democratic congressman from Louisiana. He was a majority leader of the House of Representatives, a member of the Warren Commission. After Hale Boggs was lost on a plane which disappeared over Alaska in 1972, his wife Lindy was elected to fill his seat in Congress and held it for 17 years. Cokie Roberts survived by her husband, fellow journalist Stephen Roberts, her children, Lee and Rebecca, and oh, six grandchildren. That's right, Steve Roberts. Who, who, is he, uh, who did he work for? I remember seeing him. That I do not know. Was he one of the panelists on the McLaughlin group? I don't know. I've always wanted to know about Cokie's name. I'm glad we learned that. Yes. She uh, co-anchored ABC's This Week with Sam Donaldson from 1996 to 2002, also a political commentator, chief congressional analyst, and a commentator for This Week during her three decades at ABC. Also wrote eight books, largely focusing on the role of women in American history. Roberts diagnosed with breast cancer at first in 2002, was successfully treated. When she was diagnosed, she spoke about her longtime work urging women to get regular mammograms. Her husband was a Harvard uh, grad where he served as the editor of the student newspaper, the Harvard Crimson. After graduating from, with a BA in government in 64, he was hired by the New York Times as a research assistant. That was still a real newspaper in 1964. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wasn't it's, Sam Donaldson the inspiration behind the Muppets? Uh, and I'm not trying to make a joke, but seriously, the the, the Muppets news reporter. I, I have no idea. I don't know who the Muppets news reporter. I don't either. Okay, all right. Sorry. Yeah. Well, well, though, because he came up. No, I can see the him. Muppets haven't come up. And no. uh, Sam Donaldson. Sam, Don, Sam Donaldson has not come up. He just did. I, I uh, said Sam. Donaldson. Yeah, but he didn't come up. He yeah. just was mentioned. Plus he didn't it, come up. Plus, enough it's, it's to have a, you start thinking about the hey, Muppets. It's a very sorry. strange question. Could you happen. two just kiss and hug and get it over with? Yeah. My no, God, no, get a room, you two. You're mighty. making me sick. It's a big election day in Israel. Uh, in battling to extend his run as Israel's longest-running prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu has warned voters of many a hazard from unrest in the unoccupied or in the occupied territories to nuclear weapons in Iran. And in the hours before the polls were to open Tuesday, he warned of another one, Election Day Sex. Voting day is a national holiday in Israel. Netanyahu's ruling Likud party posted a last-minute video beseeching supporters not to waste it by going to the beach, lounging on the couch, or, as suggested by a shot of four feet intertwining beneath the sheets, (laughs) enjoying sex. 
You'd rather have you get out and vote, huh, John? That's correct. It's sure. Well, then what do you do after? time for both. Yeah, well, what do you do after? <laughs> after you vote or yeah. after sex? Smoke. Yeah. Have a cigarette. Sure. <laughs> I, did, uh, Thank I, you. Did, I did use this story to write a little tune. If you oh, guys, yeah, I love when you write a mind. song. I love when you write a song for the newscast. Yeah, God, I do my best. I woke up this morning. <laughs> no, 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 no. A little sweeter sounded than Got that. Got it. It's going to go like this. I'm horny already. I don't always agree with Benjamin Netanyahu. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I do. What? Should see his face. But based on this latest thing, strikes a wrong note. I'd much rather. <coughs> yeah. Then go and vote. <laughs> that's, that's not all. I'm not done yet. Okay. Oh, good. There's more. When you vote, <laughs> you have a strong sense of civic duty. Huh? But it's also good to fulfill that call of booty. <laughs> <laughs> so if you must pick one, pick the one that might be lewd. Because no matter who you vote for, you still might get screwed. <laughs> Not bad. Oh, it's fantastic. Nice He's job, Johnny. Not just a newsman. He's the guitar-playing newsman. I, I didn't know if I could say hey. screwed on a podcast. Yeah, well, you just did. I, just did. I was right, okay. by the way. Why? Our newsroom has been flooded with calls it's today, reporting awesome. that furniture all over town has been turning into monsters. Wow. See? Okay. Sam Donaldson. Take a break right now. <laughs> Take a break right now. Right now. <laughs> rip off his toupee. Is that his cylinder index or his golf score? Either way, it's a big number. Here's Joe Suchere. Let's get right into it. You know, the world really is food-based, isn't it? And good food base is about the best thing you can do. When you're going out to eat somewhere, you want to have a good meal. If you're going to treat someone to a nice meal, you want to go to a great place, great atmosphere. That's where you get at Jack's Cafe. Now, Billy and his team have put together a wonderful date night menu. It's called the Rookie Date Night Menu. And again... Do they bring it to you? You do have to ask for it, yeah. and then they will bring it to you. It's not on the regular menu. All right. It's like a little speakeasy deal. Right. Four-course dinner includes a bottle of wine. It's for less than $100, and you you get to choose from the courses. So if you are going to take your guy or gal out, Jack's Cafe in Northeast Minneapolis, right on University Avenue, is a fantastic place to go. Now, fine dining, yes. If you have a party that you're planning for work, for whatever, maybe just a little work party, get together, 25 to 300 people, they've got special rooms that they will accommodate for all sorts of different needs. So here's the deal. Get in touch with them. Give them a buzz. 612-789-7297. It is jackscafe.com, J-A-X-C-A-F-E.com. Don't forget about the back patio. The patio and back, they're going to put in their fall display right now. Of course, you're not going to be sitting out there in the winter, so enjoy it before it gets too chilly. Make a reservation. Jack's Cafe, located in historic northeast Minneapolis, free parking, plus they got bus service to all gopher football games. The rookie date night menu, ask for it by name, Jack's Cafe, J-A-X-C-A-F-E.com. Tell Brooks sent you. Uh-oh. 
I don't like a sigh, and followed with a sniffle. That can't be good. School districts are debating what uh, position to take after New York City announced that 1.1 million public school students could skip classes without penalty to join the global <laughs> youth climate strikes Friday, the New York Times reports. So I don't know if that's true or not. Might the be New fair. York Times yeah, report. Right. <laughs> per the Times, this is a test of the movement's impact. By causing disruptions and getting noticed by political leaders who are in New York City for the United Nations Climate Action Summit three days later in the General Assembly meeting that follows it. Uh, Greta Thunberg, I would imagine, will be a, a featured uh, participant. Organizers expect millions of people to leave work, home, and school to take part in massive climate strike protests around the world. Youth Strike Advocates, Fridays for Future, said more than 2,400 events were taking place September 20th to 27th to coincide with the UN Climate Summit on September 23rd, where, here's our gal, where Swedish climate activist Greta Thunberg is due to make an address. 16 years old, she's going to make an address because she's got this figured out. More than 115 countries and 1,000 cities have registered uh, registered so far. Uh, All eyes are on the U.S., which already has 145 cities signed up with participation that is expected to be tenfold when compared with the first two global strikes in March and May of this year. The Times reports that large districts around the U.S. were discussing on Monday afternoon the issue of whether to allow students to miss school. A spokesman Spokesperson for the Los Angeles Unified School District told the New York Times that officials were still finalizing plans. Cambridge Mass City Council members said they would discuss a motion today to excuse students. Critics ranging from climate change deniers to people who argue for a less radical reproach approach to tackling global warming said New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio. Bill de Blasio was using school attendance policy to promote a political aim. Of course he is. The New York Post's editorial board board called the move out-and-out government sponsorship of a particular point of view. Well, of course it is. There was some concern that a few students could take advantage of the opportunity to skip school for fun. Well, of course they will. I wish we had it when I was a kid. I'm sure sure this will be happening all over the Twin Cities. This was uh, in the Star Tribune today. was part of a, a piece buried in the paper headline, Most Teens Frightened by Climate Change Poll Shows. And uh, it gives us, you know, three bars here on how scared these kids are for their future. Well, these are kids who are afraid of the doorbell. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to be afraid, kids. It's, uh, it's, just, it's just nature. Uh, it's, you're going to be okay. I love how they call us climate change deniers, like we, we're, like we're out here on, our, on the stump saying, no, no, it's not happening. No, we're not no, saying no, that at I've all. I've never been a denier. Right. The climate has always changed. It's, cli- it's changed significantly a number of times without the presence of humans on Earth. Right. Uh, I'm not a denier. The climate changes. I, I believe you. The climate changes. Always has, always will. If it didn't change, we wouldn't be here. That's right. More than 7 in 10 teenagers and young adults say climate change will cause a moderate or great deal of harm to people in their generation. I keep going back to Obama. Why did he buy the estate on the ocean? He he sold he slung that BS for eight years that Maybe the oceans are going to rise. Possibly. And you got a fifteen million dollar estate on Martha's Vineyard, you're going to get flooded out of there. <laughs> Maybe there's going to be so many windmills that it will just push the water back to the ocean. <laughs> oh, could be. One of the brats uh, is chiding you. Adults think, "Oh, you're so young, you don't know what you're talking about." He said, "But I know the facts, and I know the most drastic consequences will be what what they'll be." And I know that people aren't doing what needs to be done. Miami's not even going to be around in a few no, years. No, two years, Bye-bye. right? Yeah. Two? Well, I don't think it's gone. more than two. She said few. Can oh, we pick a different city? 
Yeah, let's. How like about Washington D.C.? Yeah, <laughs> that'd be fun. If they weren't, if if these millions and millions of people weren't obsessed with this topic or this, you know, this particular issue, what would they be obsessed with? Because they've been bra- brainwashed. Are you Uh-oh. walking out? He's leaving. He's done. I think he's, he's leaving. leaving. No, I think the last. Oh no, no, no! I, Reavers, I really thought it was going to be me that drove the man away. <laughs> oh, dang but it. Way to go, buddy! I, do I get, do I pat myself on the back? Everybody, welcome to the Chris Reavers show. No, no God, that no, was no. a light bulb. Where he's no, this got is the something. quote. Yeah, Let this me is run back the, the Chris Reavers be the, podcast. This has got to be the uh, the story. The, uh, the the guy from 1989. The Why United don't we just Nations. Bring this in every day. Yeah. What'd you bring in? Uh... I love that he's brought this in a hundred times and still has to look for the right. <laughs> borrow you my highlights. What do you got, Squints? <laughs> Garth Paltridge. There we go. The author of The Climate Caper, Facts and Fallacies of Global Warming, an Australian astrophysicist. The bottom line of politically correct thought on the matter, the thought that we must collectively do something drastic now to prevent climate change in the future is so full of holes that it brings the overall sanity of mankind into question. For what it's worth, one possible theory is that mankind, or at least that fraction of it that has become both overeducated and more delicate as a result of a massive increase of its wealth in recent times, has managed to remove the beliefs of existing religions from its consideration, and now it misses them. As a replacement, it has manufactured a set of beliefs about climate change that can be used to guide and ultimately to control human behavior. The beliefs are similar to those of the established religions in that they are more or less unprovable in any strict scientific sense. It's calling into question the sanity of mankind. (laughs) We were sent another one, by the way, Joe, and I forgot to give this to you before the show, so forgive me, but we were alerted to this by a tweeter. From a gentleman, and I'm not familiar, so you guys need to help me here. A gentleman by the name of Dave Collum. Yeah, I don't know who that is. The climate system is a coupled, non-linear, chaotic system, and therefore the long-term prediction of future climate states is not possible. Garth Paltridge is an emeritus professor at the University of Tasmania and a fellow of the Australian Academy of Sciences. Uh, Here's another one. The answer probably gets back to the uncertainty of it all. The chances of proving that climate change over the next century will be large enough to be disastrous are virtually nil. For the same reason, the chances of a climate skeptic, or anyone else for that matter, proving the disaster theory to be oversold are also virtually nil. To that extent, there is a level playing field for the two sides of the argument. The problem is that climate research necessarily involves enormous resources and is a game for institutions and organizations. Skepticism is an occupation for individuals. Things being as they are as the, in the climate change arena, skepticism by an individual within the system can be fairly career-limiting. In any event, most individual scientists have a conscience and are reluctant to put their heads above the public parapet in order to propound a view of things that may be inherently unprovable. In short... There is more than enough uncertainty about the forecasting of climate to allow normal human beings to be at least reasonably hopeful that global warming might not be nearly as bad as it is currently touted. Climate scientists, and indeed scientists in general, are not so lucky. They have a lot to lose if time should prove them wrong. There's too many variables that, uh, that are uh, not able to be proven. That's the problem. There are too many variables not able to be proven. Because you can't pinpoint... Uh, light bulbs or uh, car driving uh, affects that. None of that has anything to do with the environment. That's behavior control. 
under the guise of, wow, we're going to save you some energy bills. And by the way, this guy, Dave Collum, he's the professor of organic chemistry at Cornell. Libertarian, fan of Austrian business cycle, zero hedge gold, trigger warning, blah, blah, blah. He's a, uh, he's also a denier. Read it to me again. I'm going to read it to you again. <clears throat> the climate system is a coupled, nonlinear, chaotic system, and therefore the long-term prediction of future climate states is not possible. No, it is not. <laughs> There's too many variables. That's out of the 2018 IPCC climate report. Uh-huh. There's too many variables. Well, let's put a million kids on the street in New York because they're going well, uh, to express you, their fears. That how was, do by you, the way, it was sent to us by Richard on Twitter. How do you get the, that crowd to believe and listen to people like that? They won't even listen. You're right. I mean, we're deniers, and that's the end of the discussion. Mm-hmm. We're just wrong, and they will not entertain. Well, and this guy's a lefty. Any, uh, they, won't, they won't entertain him. They'll chalk him up to being a crackpot. Crazy man, yep. And he's in the failed academy. And he's a lefty, and they would still not entertain any idea I, he has. I believe they would. I printed it out. I don't know where it is. So what do you suppose? What if the somebody highly respected came out like that? Uh, say, uh, I don't know, the Pope. I'm just tossing, you know. Um, well, he is uh, the Pope. Uh, the Pope's China. leanings are to believe in climate change, and but he's a Marxist at heart, so that makes sense. And we do not have to follow that. No, that's he's not infallible when it comes to the weather forecast. Uh, so, who would they believe? And I think the oh, answer are you is saying? Easy. Are you saying uh, what would turn around the activists who are going to strike their school day and go out in the street and be worried? Who would convince them to look at? Uh, yeah, other. Information. Kanye West. Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, oh. Right. You know, you're you right. mean President Kanye West. <laughs> Wasn't he going to run? Uh-huh. Who, who was the most popular public figure for a 20-year-old in this country? Uh, that chick that was country and now is, uh, uh, what's her name, uh, skinny girl, blonde. Taylor Swift? Yeah. Taylor Swift. Uh, Taylor Swift said it's all BS. You'd, you'd get a lot of converts to the BS part. What's not that the climate changes is not BS. No, it's the fact that you can. The fact that it's highly politicized and is is ultimately a, a means of bringing about behavior control is what I deny. But even if if Taylor Swift were to do that, it would be career suicide. Well, no, she's not going to do it. She's we're not trying going to think to. of somebody would because they're not going to listen to me. Clooney, maybe. Maybe Clooney. Maybe not as much anymore, but it, it's certainly kids one don't time. know who Clooney is. But uh, you get you get uh, you get me a week of eighty-five degree temperatures this January. I'll switch sides so fast I'll make your head spin. <laughs> yeah, but then you could golf. Yeah, I'd love it. By the way, <laughs> that's the other thing that never gets discussed. So what? Let's say it is warming. So what? I'll lose Miami, Joe. Well, that's a, you got a few years yet. No, <laughs> no, you wouldn't change sides because, like you've always said, the climate is changing. Right. And that would just be a, a representative that, yes, the climate is changing. What you're arguing is that we can do anything to turn it back or to turn it around. It can't be done. And, it, it's, and, it, and it just can't be done. And it's quite clear by their own admission, Chakra Rakabati, who works for AOC, this isn't anything to do with the environment. This is this is a means we're going to use to bring about a, a fundamental transformation of American capitalism. It has nothing to do with the temperature. No, and why has that not been widely reported? Well, it, it did. We it, the Washington Post had it, and we talked about it for a couple of days. It's just, 
And yet she just keeps babbling on. Now it's Miami's going to. We just got a few years for Miami. <laughs> but doesn't go into specifics. Just let me throw that out there, and then you guys can deal with Wait it. Wait a minute. Or did she do that because she's looking for some oceanfront property in Miami? Uh, I don't know a great wow. deal about uh, banking, and I don't know a great deal about how much research banks do. I suspect they do quite a bit. If, if their research, if in fact they're doing research, lending banks, and uh, I'm Joe Blow and I'm coming in, I, uh, I want to borrow a $20 million line of credit because I'm developing a new apartment on the intercoastal in Miami. Sure. Okay. Wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't the, if the bank was worried about that, would they lend you the money? That would be quite a risk. They wouldn't lend you the money. Hmm. But I guarantee you he's going to get the money to build the high-rise. So if they have research, it must be research that says, yeah, go ahead and build it. We're, there's nothing to worry about. Or they're not doing any research. Or they could just collect the insurance check right. if, if but it we does will, get wiped out. We will out. not sell you the insurance. We'll <laughs> just sell right. you the, uh, the loan. Well, it's a fine how do you do. Also, many emailers wanted me to uh, be aware of, a, of an obit for a guy named Joseph Heller out east. It's very funny. I agree it's very funny, but it's too long to read on the air. But if you want to read it, it's written by his kids and what a grump he was and what a character <laughs> okay, and a fun guy. And uh, So it's Joseph A. Heller, H-E-L-L-E-R, uh, lived from 1937 to 2019. Mm. And uh, at the very end, the kids apologized to their mother. We tried to keep them here as long as we could, but the ball's in your court now. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's all yours. <laughs> They're a feuding all over again. Yeah. Huh? yeah. So, all right, folks, we'll be back shortly, huh? With Johnny. University of Garage Logic 98, College of Self Esteem, Zip, Nada, Nothing. Here's Joe yeah, Sushi. Yeah, 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 yeah. DK Mags up in New Brighton, uh, your perfect option to stock up on all your fall, waterfall, upland, and large game ammunition needs. The problem is, and you firearm aficionados already know this, don't think you're just going to stroll into DK Mags expecting to purchase ammo and get out of there in five minutes. You're going to need to check out a few handguns. Uh, that's what they're there for. Uh, some fun accessories for the AR. Get schooled on suppressors. How'd you, how'd you like to spend the day out in the range, on your own private range, of course, without any ears? Wouldn't that be awesome? You put a suppressor on that 22 plinker, you don't have to put hearing protection on. That's awesome. For me, I told you yesterday what I need when I go up there. I want a James Bond holster. That'd be the coolest thing ever. I want have them? I, well, yeah, of course they have well, them. I, I just never bothered even looking at them, but... I've wanted one since 72, live and let die. Oh, yeah. That's the coolest thing ever. Uh, anyway, I'm going to make that happen, but you'll get absolutely no attitude from these guys up at DKMags.com. Just friendly knowledge and helpful advice. The website, fantastic. Check it out before you go up there, DKMags.com. You'll find a tremendous amount of firearms and related toys and accessories. And the prices, very fair, hard to beat. Fair enough that they can actually beat or match most prices. And even better, they've got two locations. Monticello Pond and Gun up in Monticello and DK Mags in New Brighton, just part of the GL family, and we love them for it. DKMags.com. John Height. 
Thanks, Joe. Hi, everybody. Hey. Hi, Herb. Hey, Herb. Locally-based General Mills has announced a recall of its five-pound bags of gold medal unbleached all-purpose flour because of E. coli concerns. Mm. The recall dated Monday applies to bags of flour with a better if used by date of September 6, 2020. How can E. coli exist in dry flour? I thought that was a water-based virus. Mouse poop? There are people smarter than us working on it, but that would be... Additionally, according to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the UPC of the affected products is 016-000-196100. If you have some of the flour, uh, you were asked to dispose of it and call the General Mills Consumer Relations Department at uh, 1-800-230-8103. What kind of flour? Gold. General Mills Gold Metal Unbleached All-Purpose Flour. Huh. You got that at home? What do you use flour for? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Honest to God. I'm going. That's it. <laughs> do you guys have a gas stove or an electric oh, that was stove? So 50, 50 joke. So for a million dollars, what do we have, dear? <laughs> Why don't you give it a shot? She thought says. I had a 50-50 chance. We actually That's heard a 50-50 90 rule. You'll be wrong 90% of the time. We actually heard her version oh, of that story that on was Saturday night. That was my favorite part of Saturday night. That was fun. <laughs> we got that one and the pepper steak. Mm-hmm. Yes. The CP version. Yes. Oh, it was so fun hearing her version of that. You're lucky you didn't get killed that I know. day. I know. <laughs> Can you believe what this bleeper did? <laughs> <laughs> okay, though, I'm sorry, John. Yeah. Though the primary source of the contamination with E. coli bacteria is unclear. Researchers speculate that a contaminated wheat field may have been to blame. Wow. So it comes from the wheat initially and not just storage. Huh. Flour comes from wheat? (laughs) What do they use wheat for? (laughs) What do you use wheat for? That's where you get Wheaties. Got it. Aren't Wheaties actually cornflakes? Eh, close uh, enough. You know, you you them. Them. Oh, some sugar on them. Teenager has been sentenced to a 10-year term for a gang-related murder outside a party bus. Remember this one? It was unloading mm-hmm. passengers in Invergrove Heights. 18-year-old Trishawn Morris of St. Paul sentenced in Dakota County District Court after pleading guilty to second-degree murder for killing 19-year-old Billy Ray Robles on March 24, 2018, outside the AMC Invergrove 16 Theaters off Highway 52 and Interstate 494. With credit in t- uh, for time in jail since his arrest, he'll serve slightly more than six years in prison and the balance on supervised release. The bus was letting off 40 to 50 passengers after a rolling birthday party when the shooting occurred. Police said numerous passengers were intoxicated. The bus owned by Safeway Transit in Farmington was rented by a woman for a birthday party for her younger sister. The passengers ranged from 16 to their mid-20s. The company's website noted no one under 21 can consume alcohol on board. Three others who were also teens at the time of the shooting pleaded guilty for their roles in the mayhem and were sentenced in the case. National Park officials take their warnings very seriously. Two tourists are now in hot water for climbing too close to... Old Faithful. Is that a man losing sight of his relationship with nature? Very How could you possibly so. do that? It's all cordoned off with signs at every post. Determination. Plus, those, if it erupted, wouldn't they have been incinerated? Plus, uh, those guys are walking around in their Ranger Rick hats looking all stern and officious. Did, did you see the pictures of the fellows? Yeah. They're, they're just standing there right beside it staring at it. Right. 
According to KRTV.com, rangers working at Yellowstone National Park Tuesday were notified of two unidentified men who had ignored the no trespassing signs in the area, had left the designated boardwalk to step dangerously close to the mouth of the steaming geyser. One of the, and their phones are out. They're taking pictures. Yeah. Yep. Thermal trespassing. One of the witnesses who reported the men, Kimberly Gilliam, said they were taking cell phone pictures dangerously close. She and her family couldn't believe what they were seeing, saying the actions of the men was complete stupidity. See, nobody there wants to watch nature take its own course. There's always some tattletale. If I would have been sitting there, I would have been, shh, shh, just let them be. Right. Let's see just what let happens. Them be. Just Let's let them be. Happens. However, being arrested. That's a lack of respect for life. Being arrested for trespassing. <laughs> and somebody's. Part? Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, somebody says, I was arrested for trespassing. So what kind of trespassing? Thermal. 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 That yeah. just, that's kind of badass. Sounds very important. I yeah. don't think it's a lack of respect for life. I think it's a respect for Mother Nature. Yeah. Mother Nature's going to do what she's going to do, and we're about to see it happen. I might say, hey, morons, <laughs> if that thing goes off, you'll melt. Oh, you're such a parent. Yeah. You just let it happen. No, when they're out there. I'm telling. Walk, Ranger Rick. Ranger Rick. Walk yes. by there with your watch and say, <laughs> Eight, seven, yes, 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 that's the best answer. As Joe said, the two were charged with thermal trespassing. They've been ordered to appear in court in December. Uh, This is not the first time visitors have been caught trespassing near Yellowstone's Old Faithful. Uh, Back in 2018, a 27-year-old man was arrested for sticking his head in the spout. Of the famous geyser. What a I'd love to see that. Mom, are you down there? <laughs> a Florida couple face a list of charges after a deputy said they had sex in the back of his patrol car. Is that wrong? <laughs> it starts even stranger. This, this, there's a couple things you can put in your loose leaf binder here, Joe. Yep. The Nassau County deputy originally arrested 31 year old Aaron Thomas and 35 year old Megan Mondanero on DUI charges. Uh, DUI charges on bicycles. Yeah, they were never pull- done that. They were pulled over after they were almost hit by a car. The deputy noted the couple smelled from alcohol and had bloodshot eyes. He put them in the backseat of his patrol car, and that's when things started to happen. Things got heated. The deputy wrote, while I was outside of my patrol vehicle, Megan and Aaron took their clothes off and started to have sex. When I opened the door to stop them, Aaron was naked, and Megan had her pants down. That a girl. Thomas, while being removed from the vehicle... <laughs> a girl? Thomas will be <laughs> removed from the vehicle, somehow managed to escape the grasp of the deputy, took off running naked through the nearby parking lot. Yeah, he won't get caught. Quit swinging that thing around. He was later caught behind a cold stone creamery. <laughs> Ironically named. The sheriff's office added an extra theft charge after deputies said he took the handcuffs with him during his brief time on the land. So while they were running, did uh, what's what your name? To Amanda. Yeah, she did she pull her britches up and get yeah, out of there? Yeah, she was still in the car and oh. uh, got dressed. And... I have a question. Yeah. The initial... Uh, infraction, you can't get a DWI on a bike. Apparently, Apparently you, you can. can. It has to be a motorized vehicle. Well, I I, uh, I think you can. I think I'm you siding can. with the naked couple. All right. Well, anyway, they How both... How typical of the guy, though, to take off before the deed is done, huh? And leave the galler to face the heat. <laughs> so to speak. To finish... Well... No. Yeah. No. 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 That story's over, John. I'll the... stop. Okay. 
But we'll I've got more, but I'll stop. I, so do I. I. I keep waiting to jump in here for Grunhoffers, but I'm not ready yet. No, no, yes. no, that's no. Not, that's you not can the start time. by saying no. more of the sausage. No, that's no, not the time. No. I'm going to find a spot. Don't yeah, worry. Let me, let me see if I can find a food story. All right, Johnny, here, I got a look, food story. The answer is no. In Minnesota, you cannot be convicted of a DWI for riding a standard pedal bike while drunk. Okay, thank you. Uh, because it's moved by human power, it's not the definition of a motor vehicle. But in Florida, apparently, you can't. I found out from the state patrol today that it is okay to be distracted on my tractor on my private land, which means I can be doing something on the tractor and be tweeting and taking pictures and oh, updating huh. my Facebook and doing all that because you can do that as long as you're on private land. I did not know that. I learned that just today. Pizza Hut's found a new place to hide cheese inside a giant cheese it. You guys know what cheese it's are, right? Sure yeah, the cracker. cheese crackers. Sure. Yeah. They still make those? Yeah. We have some. The pizza chain just announced the addition of a brand new item to their menu called the Stuffed Cheese It Pizza. And it's exactly what it sounds like. Now available nationwide, the new pizza looks like a giant Cheese It stuffed with mozzarella cheese, and you can also get pepperoni if you'd like. America. Yeah. A single order, <laughs> yeah. single order comes with four large squares. Containing the mozzarella inside a cheese-baked crust. Well, you go ahead and eat that dog's breakfast if you want to. I'm going to Grunhoffers yeah. and get some real meat right. and some real food at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. You can't miss it. You go ahead and eat that Pizza Hut dog food, but uh, I'm going out there and 130 different flavors of brats, steaks, chops, salami, uh, jerkies, you, you name it. It's, the, it. it's a meat bazaar. Pastrami. Pastrami. Smoked oh, salmon. Yes. The tri-tip. Double smoked ham. And the right cracker with the smoked salmon, Kenny, is? Uh, Triscuit. Gas station. Really Triscuit. Good. Really good. Uh, the ribeye burgers, the rookie burgers, it's just fantastic. GLers have really, really made it a home for uh, their grilling season, and that grilling season is not over yet. Remember, those 130 different flavors of pork brats must be grilled, not boiled. So uh, run into your fellow GLers at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. It's on the north side of Hugo, the north end of Hugo, right on Highway 61. You can't miss it. Go up, do yourself a favor. Go get a chuck roast, throw it in the crock pot with two packets of ranch and two packets of gravy and a stick of butter and cook it on high. You will, you will, you've not lived until you've had that. We had that last it's, night. Uh, I wouldn't delicious. put the stick of butter in there. Oh my God. Well, you need a little bit of liquid. Need some, you need some, something so it doesn't burn. A bunch burn. of clowns. You complicate things all the time. Just, just eat it raw. Just get the salmon, <laughs> the smoked salmon, and eat it in the truck. Yeah. Yeah. You still smell like Jeez. salmon when you come in. A Florida attorney who was arrested on Tuesday, he allegedly was driving under the influence, said to the deputy while being detained, bleep you, I'm a lawyer. 61-year-old. Oh, that'll work out That well. doesn't work That's too well. Not nope. gonna, yeah. 61-year-old James Stanley had an open bottle of rum on his lap when he was stopped by deputies <laughs> from the St. John's County Sheriff's Office in Ponte Vedra Beach, south of Jacksonville. Uh, the was airport. there no attempt to hide the bottle of <laughs> no, rum? You don't even throw it in the glove He's box? He's a lawyer. As, Come as on, you'll, man. As you'll see in a minute, he really didn't care, I don't think. Uh, Stanley was booked for driving under the influence of alcohol and drugs. It was at 3.10 in the afternoon. He was driving his black Mercedes and swerving while driving down the road. What model? That matters. What model? I I don't know. Reporting will never give you that. The uh, suspect told the St. John's deputy he had been drinking since 9 in the morning. He told the officer, I'm bleeped up, (laughs) blaming the alcohol consumption on his ongoing divorce. 
The situation escalated after Stanley was unable to walk properly and refused to comply with sobriety tests. That's when he said, bleep you, I'm a lawyer, you dumb bleep. I'm not doing any of these exercises. Ah, bleep, just arrest me. <laughs> Take Earl me Weaver. drunk. I'm Earl Weaver. <laughs> Take my word for it. I'm drunk. <laughs> uh, at that point, Stanley then said, please just take me to jail. Uh, protests continued after the 61-year-old arrived at the county jail. According to the uh, report, he told another officer, you're one stupid bleep if you think I'm not entitled to a lawyer. Court filings Jeez. confirmed the case was assigned to Justice uh, Judge Alexander Christine. Suspect was cited for possession of an open container to start with. Fine listed at $166 for that. Eight GM trucks worth $640,000 were stolen in Flint Sunday morning. One was used to smash into an ATM. Uh, These trucks, it happened about 6 a.m., they had just rolled off the assembly line. They were parked in an overflow lot off Saginaw Street in Flint Township. Eight trucks worth six hundred and forty grand. That's correct. Who's got a phone? Do the math. That's eighty thousand apiece. Yeah. Oh, I guess that's wow. That's that's better fully loaded. I didn't didn't even really need to calculate. No, eight times eight is eight times eight is sixty-four. Yeah. Did this happen? Just recently? I thought the same thing when I read it, about about a year, year and a half ago. And didn't we suspect it was an inside job, too? Yes, same exact story, basically. In this case, they found two suspects. They were taken into custody, charged with eight counts of unlawful driving away of a vehicle and eight counts of safe uh, cracking after trying to get into the ATM. Uh, Joe, you hate napping, you said, right? You never I don't, uh, I've never successfully taken a nap. I don't think you'll like this story, then. Okay. You need an excuse to squeeze in a snooze? Well, occasional napping could help you maintain a healthy heart, really? according to a new study. Researchers from the University Hospital of Lucerne, Switzerland, conducted a study published in the Heart Journal to explore the association between napping and cardiovascular disease. To do so, they examined almost 3,500 people, ages 35 to 75, who reported info about their napping patterns. After analyzing the results, the authors found those who slept once or twice weekly for five minutes to an hour during the day were 48% less likely to suffer a heart attack, stroke, or heart failure. I can defute that. It's quite a range. Five to an hour? Five to five minutes, minutes to, to an, an hour. hour. Yeah. There's no apparent takes a five-minute nap? Be a power nap, Chris. That, that's, I, was, I saw Kenny sleeping during the podcast about ten minutes ago. You dummy, <laughs> it's called driving into work. <laughs> This isn't the first time researchers have found such a relationship. Scientists from the Asclepion General Hospital in Walla, Greece, said midday sleep seems to lower blood pressure levels just as much as any other lifestyle changes. They revealed that for every hour a person naps in the afternoon, your average 24-hour blood pressure decreases by three points on uh, the top. Well, maybe I'll give it another try someday. Maybe I'll just give it another try someday. Does it say anything about quitting smoking? No, I think that's probably bad for you, Kenny. That's a bad heart. Okay. Oh, my God. End this. Can we end yes, this? Yes, right now. Thank you. Uh, Fratelloni's Ace Harbor and Garden Stores. Yeah, I might be heading there this afternoon. What do you got to get? Tweezers. tweezers. I want to get a new pair of long, extra long tweezers oh. for grabbing stuff out of difficult places. I want to get a pair of scissors. <laughs> I thought you just had a checkup last week. No, no, this is for getting, yeah, getting stuff out of the car. kind of used to that, huh? He's been back three times this week. You're falling in love with yourself. I really am. (laughs) I'm going in again. All right, folks. If you want to find out information about the podcast that you don't know already, or maybe you're telling a couple friends about the podcast, send them to the home... 
what do we call it? Website. There you go. GarageLogic.com. Yeah, I've only been doing this for what? How long? GarageLogic.com. All of your information on potential advertising. What's on Joe's bookshelf? Also, Greg Holcomb's great cartoons. Again, find them all. GarageLogic.com. Right.